Cheese up. The Combat Cast, Episode 12, featuring Liam the Hitman Harrison. And we are live. Hello and welcome to The Combat Cast. Today, uh, this is episode number 12, and I am joined with the one, the only, the living legend, Liam the Hitman Harrison. So I'd like to welcome the one and only Liam to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome, my man. So um, to get things started, Liam, I just want to ask you, uh, how did your journey in martial arts and in Muay Thai begin? Uh, I was 13 years old. Uh, I was playing a lot of football at the time. Um, and my cousin, Andy Alston, who's now a really accomplished fighter, he's won world titles and he's doing really well for himself. He just started and he asked me, he said, oh, do you want to come down to the gym? Um, it's a new sport that I've just found, I said I'm loving it. I said it might be a little bit good for you if you want a bit of extra fitness and stuff like that. I was 13 and I was playing football for a, a semi-professional club. So I were at quite an high level. And I said, yeah, why not? Um, so I went down and I literally fell in love with, from the first lesson. Uh, it was, I think it was more, to be fair, more than probably the first time I sparred with Andy that I got to spar. And I was like, fucking great, I went, this is amazing. Yeah. And then, yeah, that were it, I, were, I was hooked. And I'd be there four nights a week, football one of the other nights a week, and then football on a weekend. So I was pretty fit and I was getting a lot of good hard training. And, but yeah, Thai boxing slowly just started to take over. Mm, interesting. So football kind of got pushed to the background. Uh, this, were, this carried on side by side until I was about 17. And I were, when I was 17, I just started fighting like a pretty good level of fighting ties. I'd just been fought in Japan for the first time and knocked out their number one guy. And I was still playing semi-pro semi and I would trialled when I was 15 at three pro clubs, Leeds, Sheffield Wednesday and Barnsley. And I not, just not quite made the cut, so I thought, do I just carry on doing this or do I just chase the, my Thai boxing dream? Which I always knew it was going to be the Thai boxing that took over and then that's what happened. I just stopped playing football totally then. I do still miss it and um, if I retire, when I do retire from this, I'll probably still join a, a Sunday team again just so I can, because I do miss playing football. But yeah, it were a, it were always going to be tie boxing to be fair. Interesting, interesting. How would you describe, um, I mean like for yourself personally, the, the difference between the two sports from like an athlete's mindset, you know what I mean? Um, well, football it's a team game, tie boxing you're on your own once you're in that ring. Obviously you've got to prepare well with your team in the gym, but mindset when you're in that ring no one can help you, it's just got to be all on you. Obviously in football, even if you're having a bad game, the other 10 players on the pitch might not be, so that's, this, you still might win, even if you don't play well. But if you turn up on a tie boxing fight, if you don't play well or you don't perform well, you're gonna get hurt badly. Yeah. Shit. So when was it that you, um, that you first kind of realized that you could make a career out of this? Like how old were you? Probably about 16. 16? I reckon, yeah. I was fighting, I just started fighting climbing way up British rankings. I probably, by the time I was 16, I was number two in the UK, and I won the n number one spot just, I think, a couple of weeks after my 70th birthday. 
and that's probably when I thought, you know what, I can do all right here. My fight after I won the number one spot when I was 17, I went and fought my first tight, who were a good level fighter, and I knocked him out in round five. My fight after that, I got flown to Japan and I fought the, the Japanese number one, and I knocked him out in round three. And then I started to think, hang on a minute here, I'm getting more money each fight, I'm getting more exposure. I could go somewhere with this. Right, and was that like your first time to, to, to leave the UK? Or yeah, yeah, it was like the first like fight that? outside the UK. Um, most people probably go around Europe. I got shipped straight off to Japan, so it was an amazing experience to fight in front of the, the Japanese number one on a big televised show out there. I couldn't believe my luck, to be, to be honest. Uh, and then when I knocked him out in round three as well, all the Japanese guys were like, oh, who's this kid? He's only was it a Muay Thai fight? Muay Thai, or? yeah, Muay Thai. Right. All the Japanese were like, oh, who's this kid? He's, uh, he's only 17, we'll bring him back. And I fought again there three times on that show after that, and I won every time. Right. And how did you find the dynamic back then in terms of like, being a professional fighter like was it something that was quite accepted in your circle or was it like a little bit kind of unheard of like yeah, probably for me to be so young doing it because I literally I dropped I went to college for about a month and then I just dropped out to pursue fighting I got a little job on side because obviously the money at that time in this the place where I wore in my career still making a name for myself he wanted enough to live on um, I got a little job on the side, so I working part-time, and then I was just fighting like that. So all my friends loved it, they thought it was amazing. Uh, I had a lot of good support from my parents as well. They t they've always pushed me to chase this dream, and I can't thank them enough for how they were with me. Um, they were the ones who said, why don't you go live in Thailand? They were the ones who said, you fight, you do what if you're enjoying it, and you're happy, chase your dreams. So I can't thank them enough for that. Uh, most of the teachers in my school who knew I was fighting, because I was in the local newspapers and stuff as a kid, or fighting men when I was 15, so some of the teachers were like, oh wow, this is amazing. Others were like, hey, what are you doing? Mm. And then I remember one of them said to me as well, I'd been in English class and I'd been doing something and I got kicked out of the class. And he said, what do you think you're going to do after you leave here? Be a professional fighter, I'll tell you now, that's not going to happen. I remember, <laughs> I remember thinking, right, and right. And I remember, yeah. and I, that this net, past more than a few um, years, eh? This, well, that yeah. was, must have been 20 years ago when he said that to me. I'm about 14, 15, I'm 34 now, and I've never forgot it. And now I'm always, that I've had that like, burning it back in my head. So that's, that's always been like my fuel. Yeah, I'll yeah. show you, I'll show you, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Jeez. And how old were you when you first came out to Thailand? 17 the first time. Uh, I only came for three weeks just to train. I didn't fight. And then uh, I came back when I was 19 and I lived here from being 19 to 21. Wow. So that was like your, your grind phase? Just well, what had happened was I'd have got my first 29 pro fights unbeaten and uh, I'd be fighting at a good level. I fought a few decent ties. But then in my 29th fight, no, my 30th fight, sorry, I fought a stadium champion. Uh, Dual Kung Dom, it was called. His fight before he beat me, he just beat Anuap. So the, the jump from what I'd gone from, I'd been fighting down here, and this was jumping into the, the top level. Mm. And, I'd, and he'd had 150 fights, he'd never been knocked down. In round two, I dropped him with a left hook, and I thought, oh, just same as any other fight this. He got up and he absolutely battered me for the next three rounds. Really? And I mean, battered me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I lost that. I lost on points. Yeah. It was the I, I not. I didn't know how to clinch with, how, with the ties. I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't live with him. He cut me with an elbow. He need me so hard. I was pissing blood for like three days after the fight. I, I took a right hiding. And it were after that. I thought, right, I need to go back to Thailand. I need to learn how to fight. How how they do. I need to learn how to clinch. How they do, which I did. I came out here and I just worked on my clinch non-stop. 
I also needed to learn how to score, how they were scoring and stuff like that, and then it had helped set my other main weapons up, like my power punches and stuff like that. It, I could hide it behind other things, or if I was fighting someone tough like Dual, I couldn't knock out, and then have a plan B to fall back on mm. instead of just being able to look in to blast him out of there. Um, so yeah, I came out when I was 19 after that fight, and then I lived here for like, I did six months on, went home for a month, six months went home for a month, and just did it like that for two years. Um, and I got a lot of good experience out here. I probably fought out here about 25, 30 times. I made a good reputation with myself, with all the, the Thai promoters. Everyone knew me. I fought all over Thailand. I fought in Roger I fought Lumpini, I fought all of the provinces. I fought on TV, I fought down in Ireland in Phuket, <laughs> Samui. I literally went everywhere. Yeah. All I wanted to do was get experience and fight. Right. I was fighting about 10 times a year. I even flew out uh, to Cambodia and fought pro boxing. I didn't even want to do it, but I just thought, you know what? Why not? Yeah, why not? I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I remember, I remember yeah, saying, I'm going to go lift hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can't fight boxing. He went, now you've got a good punch, it's all right. Yeah. I went, I'm not doing it. He went, it's double the money. I went, literal. The <laughs> 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 so next thing, I'm yeah. in Cambodia fighting pro boxing. I actually won the fight as well. Yeah, well, yeah so yeah, that's some real good experiences. And that's helped, obviously, mold me into the fighter I am now and helped like, get my name out there and stuff. So yeah, I, I won't change any of that. Mm. And just going back to what you said about the clinching part of things, I mean, so was that something that you really kind of, it stood out to you when you first fought that, that fighter? What was his name, sorry? Duwal Kongudom. He was uh, an Omnoi champion. Uh, he'd beat Anoa, he'd beat Watari Chaikau Samri, he'd beat a wow, lot of uh, ridiculous a lot of fighters. level fighters. Yeah. Yeah. He'd beat Chanri Sito and a few other people like that. And at the time, it didn't register in my head because I'd knocked, I'd done 29 fights, I'd probably knocked out about 18 of them. And I was thinking, so what, just another, another, another person. And then I realised then the gulf, the difference, because I fought a few times by this point, but none of them were like, were elite level. They were good, decent level, good, good level, but none of them were elite level. And I mean, when he locked me up, he just literally threw me all over the place. And around three, four and five, his experience like just showed. And that's when I knew, I thought, right, I need to go out to Thailand and spend some real time there, clinch every day with other Thai champions mm. in the gym. And GT Gym at the time, when I was training there, when I was living there then, I think they had about four or five like top ten fighters in there. Watara Chaikao Samrit came as a coach, I had Roger Savorup in there as a coach, and I had like, wow. had, so I had a lot of good... Big good, knees. Yeah, yeah. I think Watara Chai was just coming to the end of his uh, career in stadiums. He was still like really fit and strong. They were only about 30. He was still really fit and strong. And so I got to do a lot of sparring with him, a lot of clinching with him, clinching with the other fighters. Just picking up tips, little tricks and stuff from all of them, and just getting that, trying to steal a little bit of each of their own technique and add it to mine, and then just clinching every day. And then when I lived there, I, I fought, I think, four times at Reginald Nern, four times at Lumpini. I won by a knockout at Lumpini every time. But at Reginald Nern, I ended up fighting like two top 10 boxers, and I lost just minimally on points. So. Although disappointed because if I'd have won either of them, I could have been top 10 ranked. It still showed that from where I was when I fought a top top 10 ranked yeah, high, it got, and got wiped out where I'd come to right. by losing by a round, right. by 1.49, 1.48 in each fight. Yeah. It, uh, it was still like I'd shut the gap and I was up there then. What about from like a technique standpoint? Were there any small things in the clinch that you kind of were like really big standouts for you? Um, it was just more, yeah, the off-balancing stuff like that, just like the little, just foot positioning and arm positioning and just the physical strength of a lot of ties. 
still shocks me to this day, even the ones who look really skinny and stuff and don't look very strong and they've got that wiry strength. Mm. It was just learning how to deal with that and arm positioning and being able to put my arm in a position where I'm not gonna get elbowed and stuff like that. Um, that just little subtle things like that that made a big difference. Like your foot position as well, if your legs came together for us too long, I'd be on the floor with some of the ties who were, who were in uh, jitties at the time, obviously. And Watarachai, he was one of the coaches there. We, he had so many just little subtle stuff where if I put my hip too close to the ears, I'm on the floor. If my legs go one centimetre this way instead of this way, I'm on the floor. And it was just getting used to make sure I'm always in the right position where I could always knee where I'm not going to get thrown. It was just little subtle things like that. Mm, interesting, man. Wow, cool. Nice, bro. So the next question I wanted to ask, just continuing on this thread of like elite level ties, so as you know, as most people will know, Liam's fought some of the top, top, top Thai fighters in the world. Uh, Sanchai, Anawat, Singdam, you and I were just talking about that before. Yeah. Um, what was it like fighting someone like Anawat and then mentally and physically, and then also fighting, going into a fight with someone like Sanchai? You know, quite different styles, like knockout artist, you know, hands of stone, whatever. Yeah. And then like pound for pound, the go, all that sort of thing. How, you know, how did you find stylistically, mentally, physically? Um, obviously stylistically, Anawat was more of a grueling fight just because of the way he fought. It was very similar to myself, Anawat. Hard puncher, hard leg kicker. And the first time we fought, he fucking destroyed me and I, I already know I shouldn't have even fought in that fight. Uh, but in the rematch, I begged for the rematch to be back in England and in the second fight, uh, I won. So pause there one second. I don't think a lot of people after getting TKO'd by Anawa yeah. would have big for a rematch of him. Well, my head wasn't right at all. We were out in yeah. Jamaica with a fight and I'd been in Jamaica a week before the fight with no gym to train in or anything. Right. I had to do pads on the golf course and stuff. Uh, yeah. They told me I'd fight at by midnight, three o'clock in the morning, I still hadn't got in the ring. All the crowd had gone home. So the Three o'clock in the morning? Out, yeah, all the crowd had gone home because they got bored waiting around. By the time we got in the ring, there were literally about 20 people in crowd. So it was like me, Anawa hardly anyone in crowd and I'm thinking this is ridiculous and next thing he was smashing me to pieces and I thought oh shit and I just want, I want my mind frame one right at all well, fighting at 3am in, in shoot, the morning yeah. is, is silly isn't like it like the ties who have had 300 fights they don't care they, so they've probably done that when they're having these fights with their promises and stuff yeah. but it all new to me that right so I begged for the rematch because I knew I could beat him I knew 100% I would beat him in the rematch I begged him for the rematch and I said like bring him to England I said I want to beat him in front of England and just prove everyone wrong who brought me off I beat him quite convincingly in the rematch as well um, but even well, I won the fight, he hit me with a left duck in round four. When I got out of the ring, I passed out, ambulance came, took me to hospital, I had such a bad concussion, they had to keep me in overnight and like, just to monitor me. That's how hard he wow. hit. And I remember- So you won the fight, but you, you got a concussion from a left In round duck. four, he hit me with a left duck. If you go on YouTube, the fight's on YouTube, Liam versus oh. Harrison versus Anawa too. Yeah. If you watch round four, he hits me with a left duck and my head flies back. And I remember looking at him at the time and he was going, ooh, ooh, and I thought, Right, call him on. He won't know he's hurt. Yes, I just went, come on. Yeah. And he didn't, he, st he stood off. <laughs> if, if he'd have ran in and hit me again, yeah, he yeah. might have flaked yeah. me out, do you know yeah. what I mean? But that's when I thought, I'm looking at him and he going, whoop, whoop. Yeah. And I went, just call him on, he won't know. I went, come on then. Yeah. And, it, and he didn't, he stood there. So it worked and he gave me a couple of seconds for my head to clear. Ah, man. And I remember thinking that's the time after the fight, I'm thinking, hey, I didn't get knocked down or anything. I said, how's, how's this happened? Then I thought, oh, that left up in round four, that's what right. I've done. Shit. Yeah, ambulance. I were in the after party. I said, "Oh, I don't feel well," and I like passed out. And ambulance came and took me off. 
and my girlfriend were worried and my mum and dad were a bit worried but we're all right in the, in the end but to fight Anua obviously yeah, I had to be prepared to go to war and I had to be mentally prepared to get hurt especially after the first time when he smashed me to pieces I knew I was going to get hurt um, and I had to mentally prepare myself for that that's it so it's, it's probably how most people must find when they're going to fight me because yeah. you know whether you win, lose or draw or fighting against me you are going to get hurt quite mm. badly as well probably at some point mm. in the fight and that's what I had to prepare myself for I had to think right I know I'm not going to get hurt it's just going to be part and parcel of it you get hurt every fight but this guy's like one of the most feared punchers and leg kickers of yeah. recent times I just had to deal with that and just think right you know what so am I I can hit just as hard I can kick just as hard mm. and uh, I had to like mentally prep myself that way for Sanchai I had to be mentally prepared for like right I know I'm mighty fresh air two or three times before I land some clean mm. but I always believed in my power 100% and I always thought if I land I'm going to do damage on him here and then I, that's when I realised how actually not just talent and gifted and amazing Sancho is like technically but he's actually one of the toughest fighters I've ever fought because in the fight number two with Sancho I tagged him with a lot of punches I cut him bad with an elbow right above his eye and in the end of round four He'd literally gone grey in the face because it had been such a fast-paced fight and I thought I'm getting through here I thought I could win here and then he by the time he'd sat down and rested end of round four he came out round five and he kicked me about eight times in a row with his left leg just bam 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 and I was like oh I've lost now it's close but yeah I realized how tough he actually is in that fight because when I've watched it that one back I need to get the actual DVD copy on YouTube actually because that was by far the second fire by far the best fire were an actual proper war and when I watched that back and I realised how good his chin actually is I think he's only been stopped one time in 350 fights or whatever yeah. so battle by Tong Chai when he was 17 years old so yeah you, you forget how not just technically gifted Sanchez is he's a hard man yeah. he's a very hard man it would be doing for all them years of stadium fights where they made him like weighing like two three pounds lighter than the big tie yeah. just so they've got a gambling and stuff like that to make it even mm. because if he put you put him in anyone same weight as him they are getting humiliated they're and getting that's destroyed that. so to be fighting i don't think he's, he's probably not had a fight against someone same size as him for the last i don't know 20 years probably yeah just because it's he's always had to yeah always had to have that 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 bit of a thing for the gambling and for any foreigner to have a chance you need to be a bit bigger than him I can say though, when I fought him, he was the champion at 59 and our first fight were only at 61. It went up at like 65, like most of his fights. Like we fought at 61 kilos, which was basically down near his weight. And I remember at the time, some of my coaches in Thailand were saying, this isn't fair, why can't you be like 63 and he has to be 61? And I said, I don't know, it is what it is. And we both weighed in at the same weight, which were, which were good. Um, and as for Singdam, I honestly thought, I would, even before the fight and during the fight, up until the end of round three, I thought, I'm going to stop him. He's the toughest, one of the toughest men I have ever fought. And physically, probably is the strongest I've ever fought. That was probably my hardest fight against him. I'm like grueling. That was mentally, it, that was disheartening that because I was so sure at the end of round two, I had him in so much trouble. I was hurting him with punches. I'd smashed his leg to the point where he couldn't even walk. Like giant hematomas. Yeah, yeah, his leg was obliterated obliterated balloon animal yeah and then in round four for him to pull the fight back from the brink and he absolutely battered me all over the place 
I remember sat down at round four and I was just deflated. About, <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. I thought I was this close to stopping him. Yeah. And now I've just been battered with an inch of my life. I thought, how has he done this? Yeah. I remember he sat down in round four oh, and I was exhausted. Yeah. I spent a lot of energy trying to stop him with my own shots and then he zapped the rest of it by clinching me and kneed me so hard. And I just remember thinking, this is the strongest man on earth. I was thinking, whoa. And then even in round five, I hit him with some monstrous punches in round five because I was just going for broke, swinging about. And he was laughing at me. I remember thinking after that fight, that was like probably, under, he's still to this day, probably my hardest ever fight. I've never, never been in a fight where at the end of round four, I was almost mentally broke. And I thought, oh wow. my God, he is. He, I don't know how he's done that. Yeah, that, that was probably my hardest fight. Men mentally, physically, I was just drained after that fight. I mean, to win Fighter of the Year, right? That's that's what he won here in Thailand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think two times. As yeah, well, right? yeah. So I fought quite a lot of fighters who won Fighter of the Year. Anoat, Sanchai, Sagadao, Singdam, Jaren Sap. So I've fought five there. That's wow. all I can think of. I might have fought more, to be fair. Um, so I've fought quite a lot of. What about going on to like foreign fighters? You've also fought a lot of really like high level foreign fighters like you fought um, Mossab Amrani right? Yeah that okay one rules though and right. I, sh I shouldn't have fought that fight because I failed the brain scan and I've not done any sparring whatsoever Right. and then two days before the fight I was going to pull out because <laughs> I had no brand not passed I had, they kept asking me for the sheet and I kept like making lies up and I was going to pull out and just say look I failed two days before the fight the doctor messaged me and went oh we've had a specialist look at you're okay to fight and I'm like oh great I'm five kilos overweight I've not done any sparring <laughs> Yeah. So I just went and sat in sauna for hours, got oh, me sitting down to <laughs> And then that's the worst thing. I remember when he came out, he started throwing punches at me because I'd not sparred at all since I'd had the, the brain scan. I was looking at him and he was just hitting me in the face and I thought, right, just put your fucking hands up. Just put your hands up there, don't move your hands. And then he body shotted me. <laughs> now we're it. I had no conditioning because I'd not sparred. I'd not, I'd not took anything. Shit. So I shouldn't, I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have fought at all in that fight. But like, that guy's like, I mean, he, he fights up to like middleweight in K1. You know, yeah, like, but I've never even fought K1 before. Right. My first fight, I got <laughs> fight him. You fight like a K1 <laughs> legend, dude. <laughs> yeah, so that was yeah. stupid on my part. Uh, but yeah, I've had some... Good luck. Like obviously, Pinker, Mohamed Kamal, and I, I, I 100% should have won that fight with Mohamed Kamal. It was scored. Yeah, that, that was a good fight too. I got a bonus. I mean, Mama, sorry, that, that, I think that's what I was referring to. Masaba Amrani is a different fighter. Yeah, yeah. He's also really good, but yeah. Mohamed Kamal, yeah, yeah. He's, he fights up to seven. Yeah, well, we fought Muay Thai, me and Mohamed Kamal. I got a bogus eight count in round one because I got knocked off balance. I've stood on one leg, and the referee gave me an eight count. And then round two and three, I literally threw him on the floor about 25 times. I, I kicked him a lot. All he was doing is punching an elbow in. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a really exciting fight. We, we, it was a proper yeah, one. That was I loved a, that it. Was Muay Thai scoring. I should have won that fight. And yeah. the, the one Thai judge gave it to me. The one Thai judge didn't count the knockdown. He gave him round one 10 9 because he didn't count the knockdown. And then he gave me round two and three 10 9, which is how it should have been scored. Mm. Um, so yeah, the Thai judge gave it that. And every, everyone who I sent it to, like Thai, said, Look, did I win this fight? They all said, Yeah. Uh, so it is what it is really, so it's a loss on my record, but I, I know I should have won that fight. But even to be jumping in against someone who fights... Oh, At 70? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I sh and Respect to Muhammad though, because he jumps into a lot of Muay Thai, and you see a lot of K1 fighters, they wouldn't do that. You right? know what? Kamal was dangerous with his elbows. He cut me twice when we fought. He'd beaten Anawat, Muay Thai, full Thai rules. Right. He stopped Zayok right, with, with an elbow. elbow. Right. Yeah, he was really dangerous with his elbows. Um, I remember watching, I watched him a few times, I thought, right, I need to be careful of his elbows. 
I wasn't careful at all. Just to go the, go the distance with someone that, that big yeah, and powerful. He, he, wore, he wore heavy handed. I had to like kick and move a lot and tie him up in the clinch. And I, I, what I'll try to do is I'll try, try to throw him on the floor in the clinch and tire him out. And how, how do you go into a fight like that mentally when you know, you're normally the one that's like the heavy handed low kicker when you're versing someone that is probably even more powerful than yourself? Like, how do you go into that? Although I'm renowned for having a power style, I can fight technically when I want to as well or for when sure. I need to. Yeah. Um, and I knew I had to do it in that fight. He would either stand there and go toe to toe with him and probably get my lights punched out just because of his, his size difference. Mm. Or, or, get, or end up getting splattered with elbows. Cause every, the, the two times, in, <laughs> or three times in the fight, <laughs> where I just planted myself and started trading with him, I got cut twice. Right. Because he were, he were really good with up elbows and, and finding angles to put it in. So I thought, all right, I just need to keep kicking and moving here. So I kicked, I moved. I, I tried to fight and score properly. Muay Thai criteria, mm. or throwing him in the clinch, I was sweeping him, I would try to tire him out or off balance him a lot. And like I said, the one Thai judge did give me the fight, and then the other, and I think it was an Italian judge and a Dutch judge should give it to him, but it is what it is. Man, what a war. You had some amazing fights, haven't you? Yeah. Is there yeah. any in particular that, that really like stand out to you? Like what would be, you know, your, your probably your favorite fight if you had to pick? When I smashed uh, Andre Kulbin were a good one. Right. Because yeah, everyone, he's a good fighter everyone, too. Yeah, everyone wrote me off in that fight. And I moved up weight. I was fighting at 63.5 and I moved up weight to 66.6. And he knocked out the two, number one and number two in England at that weight. And everyone wrote me off and everyone said I didn't have a chance. But I looked at him and I assessed him. I said, I'm going to stop him. I said, I will 100% stop him or no, I will. And I told everyone close to me. I said, I'm going to stop him with leg kicks. I said, his leg's too straight. That his leg is too straight. He does have a very upright yeah. kind of I said style. Like, I, I said I'll stop him 100% and I will. And uh, I did, I stopped him around three with leg kicks. Wow, man. That well, was, that was one of my that's a good scalp right there, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. My fight with Hussein Benoui, though, although Benoui wasn't as big a, a name as Colby, he was still a good name. He fought a lot of good ties, he beat a lot of good ties, and he, he was really, that, just the, the fact that the fight was so insane, and it was on the first Yokao show that I ever fought on. I think you posted this on your Instagram too, right? Yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. just going back Absolute and forth, like mentalness, crazy. Yeah. And uh, I got told off by my coach. He said, "What are you doing? <laughs> just technique." I said, "No." I said he's coming to England. Yeah. I am not just going yeah. to technique. I said, "I'm yeah. not bottling it." Yeah. I said, "No, I'm not being a pussy and fighting yeah. technique." I said, "He's coming to my whole country." I said, "I'm he, going he's, to war." He's a French fighter, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's very strong. Yeah, very strong. Yeah. Very tough. One of that again, one of my artists. I think he fought Sanchai too. Right? Yeah, he fought Sanchai. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very tough guy, very strong. Shut the very, very, very hard fight. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing him kicking Sanchai so many times, and Sanchai just checking it. Yeah, yeah, he just kept doing it. No, he kept doing it to me. Hurt, I was blocking you know? his low kicks with my knee. Right. And I could feel his shin it in my knee. I thought he's going to stop doing this soon. Yeah. Round five, he was still doing it, <laughs> and I'm thinking. My knees hurting here. I said, so his shin must be hurting. Yeah. And I, I kicked his leg. His leg looked like a piece of corned beef or something. I'd kicked it that yeah. many times. And yeah, that were a tough fight. Piece of corned beef. Yeah, that were a tough fight. So I know we've kind of like covered a lot of things about your fights and stuff, but just for those uneducated fans out there or, or you know, followers that don't know what your style is, if you had to describe your style, how would, you, how would you describe yourself? What sets you apart from other fighters? Um, like I say, I think I can mix it up when I need to, but like, I am, I'm, I'm, I will throw down. If you want to go to war, I'm ready, always ready to go to war. Mm. Um, even if it's just going to war for certain parts of the fight and then trying to pull away and pulling some points back, and I think I can do both. I can mix between the two styles pretty well because I'm so explosive. 
I can like sit off and then point score, point score, and then suddenly just jump into life and like with a blistering punch combination and stuff like that. I think I can fight like Western way, the, the Thai way, I can do it both mixed together. If I had to describe it though, I don't know. I, I think, think that's a pretty good description right there. Yeah. It's, it's, like a it's, it's very fan friendly. I mean, you always get a lot of action. You always mm. know I'm very powerful. I'm very, got very fa good fast twitch muscles and I'm explosive. And my speed kills as well. It's um, when I'm fighting, it's not the fact that I'm just punching and kicking as hard as I can. My timing and my speed are my two main weapons, I think. Mm. Probably more my timing than anything else. So, just speaking of timing, that sh we should go into your, your latest fight. Yeah. Because that, that left hook was timed on point. I feel like that guy, uh, what's his name? Sorry, uh, Adam, is it? No, no, not Adam. Uh, the Malaysian boy. Yeah. Uh, Mam, Mamed bin. Yeah, it's quite a long name, but he came in and I feel like you just really waited and it was almost like a sensor went off in your head. It was like beep, 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 well, what, bang, hook. All three of my cornermen said to me before the fight, they'd all watched him fight and um, no one had knocked him out or he'd not been stopped, I don't think. So they'd all said, look, he's a bit awkward, he's a bit unorthodox. For the first minute, do not throw any power. Let him get close to you right. because he said as soon as you start unloading in them little gloves no one's going to want to stand in front of you so the plan was to wait and wait and I was just touching out and I almost baited him to yeah, get in close to me because not many people are going to want to come close to me in them little gloves because if I hit you in them that's going to be it yeah and so that's what they said to me they went just wait just wait and then they said the first time he steps bang and it worked perfectly it did yeah. You gave him like a false sense of security. Yeah, basically, it was just and like he just felt comfortable. Come, come, in, come on, <laughs> come on, we got a bag. We got a bag. <laughs> it was just like baiting him in, really. I'd, I'd yeah. thrown a few, and even when I threw my jab, yeah. I didn't even throw it at his face. I threw it right. like over there to make him, right? You no, know, make him think like, oh. yeah. And then, or I threw one, and I make sure it was just a bit short, right. you know, just so I can, yeah. Like oh, that, then you do, he can't really feel how long your range is. Yeah, right? what I didn't want to happen was me go out there, just go bang straight away, him take it on his glove and think, oh, that were hard, get on his bike and start. Right. And make him and trying to pick you off from the outside. Yeah, and then right? me, because he was taller than me, he had the range on me as well. I didn't want that to start happening. I thought, right, let him come close, let him come close. And even one of the commentators said, Liam looks gun shy. I'm not gun shy. And the other commentator said, nah, he's baiting him. Right. And right when he said, they called that, you. Boom! They yeah, called him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And um, just just describe to us that feeling. I mean, because I mean, for those that haven't followed one, Leon's had some like pretty like insanely tough fights. How was it coming from those two fights on one and then going into this one? Uh, I, I know I've been in there at the highest level against two of the best competitors. Of one, the weight division above, and two, my own weight division. So I knew going into this one, I'd already been in, in at the deep end. Right. And. Uh, Mamed, he was a good fighter, but he's not like the elite level like those boys were. So I've already, I've been fighting at the elite level for the last, I don't know, 15, 16 years. So I'm used to being at this level. So for me, it's, it's nothing new to fight a top level tie or being there against someone who's a bit more experienced than me. So for when I've got the, the experience on them, it's always, it's good for me, do you know what I mean? So yeah, mm. with this fight, I'm really confident going into this fight. And, I said to everyone, I know Mohamed had not been knocked out on one, he'd had four fights, so two wins on points, two losses on points. And I said, I, mean, I want to make a statement. I said, I'm going to obliterate him, I'm going to get him out there, and I'm going to make it 
where it sets me apart from the two people who beat him on points. Yeah, it's going to set me apart and it's going to show the the, yeah. the difference in standard from me to them. And oh, 100% it worked did perfectly. Them. Yeah, I did a demolition job on him. Yeah. No, when, I'm, was, when I'm in that frame of mind and my body's working right like that and I'm not no injuries, I don't think there's many people who'll be able to stand with me mm. under that rule set and those small gloves, I don't think as many will be able to stand with me. Psychologically, just talking about from like a fight perspective, how do you manage the nerves fighting on these huge promotions? I mean, you fought on literally so many shows now, but I know I saw you, you put up a post the other day just saying this is probably the worst part yeah. of any fighter if you know the fight game it's that moment right before you're about to go out you know or you're just sitting and waiting and there's other fights happening and stuff and people coming in and out how what, what's your trick to like handling those nerves like what do you do uh, i think it's just the experience over the years to be fair because there's always like some little thought or creeping back in like what if he knocks you out what if he does this what if he does yeah. that and you've got to push it to one side and just think you're here because you want to be here you're doing it because you want to do it no one's forcing you to do it you've trained your heart out so no matter what happens, I know I'm going to go out there. I know I'm not going to give up. I know I'm not going to quit. I know I'm going to fight my hardest. And as long as you do that, I always just say to myself, that's all that matters, winning, losing, or drawing. Obviously, you want to win, and you're going to do everything you do to win. But as long as you do do that, and you fight your heart out, as long as the crowd have been entertained, which I know they will do watching my fights, I'm always going to be happy. So then that always pushes out any sort right. of negative force, because I always just think, I know I'm not going to quit. I know I'm not going to be a coward. I know I'm not going to get hurt and give up. I know that's all part of it. I know that whatever happens, I'm going to fight my hardest. And I know whatever happens, the crowd are probably going to be entertained. So that's what I always... So it's about perspective, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah. You just put the whole thing into perspective. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, a really good tip for fighters out there that struggle with nerves. I think you nailed it. You know, sometimes people get too caught up in like, what's going to happen here and what's going to do this? Or, he might do this to me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But when you just throw that out and give yourself that perspective like what you're saying I think that's that's powerful man yeah yeah I think if any fighter is struggling with nerves as well um, there's a really good mind coach called Vinny Shawman I've done a lot of work with him so maybe just yep look him up on Instagram Vinny Shawman I'll put a link on for Vinny so if you guys are interested you can check him out I know that um, on Joe Rogan you guys talked about that right so yeah yeah and that seemed to be something that's helped you well a lot. I did that after the first fight with Anawa. Um I never I knew what Vinny did but I'd never done it with him myself and uh, after the first fight with Anawa, he said to me do you want to do a bit of work and I thought you know what I know I'm going to be fit I know I'm going to be strong there's gonna you can't over prepare um, so I said yeah why not I said let's let's do it so not to lose by doing it and we did it and it worked perfectly and I think just just from like even a you know how you referenced experience I think just from what you said having to wait till 3 a.m. in in the morning to fight someone like Anawat that's like (laughs) mentally draining you know like the crowd's gone there's no one there you don't even have anyone to put on a show for. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm just. I'm gonna get my lights punched out. I'm one of the best fighters on the planet. There's like 20 people here to watch it. Yeah. God, yeah. Things like that is gonna definitely harden you. Yeah, 100. percent But yeah. if you want to get an even further edge on top of that, other than just experience, then yeah, getting someone like Vinny is definitely gonna yeah, help. Definitely, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, be worthwhile. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask is kind of like. I mean, the sport of Muay Thai, I'm sure from when you started, has evolved so much and grown and changed. Where do you globally see Muay Thai these days and, and the future of the sport? It's, do you know what? From when I first ever fought main event on a show in England, it was like in a sports hall, to now they've got filling out 5,000, 6,000 seat arenas and stuff like that. It's growing and growing and growing. And it's only going to get bigger with the likes of one championship and things mm. like that that are pushing 
pushing it forward and putting it on like the, the biggest stage out there. It's something for all the young fighters to aim for as well. So every young fighter is going to be watching these like big shows like Yokao that are going worldwide and then one championship and they're all going to be thinking, right, that's something to aim for. Um, in England now, there's shows every weekend, so you can fight every weekend trying to get you, your experience up, lots f up and down the full country. So even for the people who are getting on these big shows, who want to aim for them, they've still got smaller shows to like build their experience up and get a name made for themselves. There's junior shows every weekend for all the juniors, and it's it's massive. I've seen a lot of people who are like a bit bitter because in the other. Thai boxing's going nowhere, there's never enough money in it. These are the people who haven't made the most of that and they've had a bad time of it and they're just saying stuff like that. But I've watched it, I've been there where I've been main event on a show and got paid £500 to the point where I'm at now getting paid quite a lot of money, making a good living, I'm comfortable, I live a good life and I've made a very good living out of this sport from what it was then to what it is now. It's gone like that, the, the gap's massive, so anyone's saying, oh, there'll never be any money in it, but there'll never be this. Don't listen to them, it is, it is, I've watched it grow over the last 20 years, and in another 20 years, it's gonna be even bigger. Right, so what, what advice would you have to a fighter starting out that wants to be, they're looking up to you, they're looking up to other fighters, high-level Muay Thai fighters, and they're like, I wanna be a professional fighter. Like, what advice do you have for them to get to that, that upper level? Like, what do they need to do? What's the prerequisites for them to be able to get there? You need a little bit of luck, just a little bit. But as well as that, you need to work hard, be determined. You need to be the first one in the gym, be the last one out. Always be willing to learn, get as much experience as you can. Go to Thailand, train in Thailand, spar with every different type of style of fighter you can do. Get the sparring where you can. And just be disciplined and be obsessed about what you're doing. That's what I want. I always, even now, even at this stage of my career, I'm, I'm obsessed. I always want to learn. Still, that's why I still come to Thailand to train at Yokao Gym with all the legends there, like Sanchai and Singdam, guys who are four. I want to learn techniques of these guys who beat me because I want to better myself. Um, so yeah, just be willing to learn and put the hard work in. If you do all that sort of stuff, if you've done all that, then the universe will pay, repay you with that little bit of luck that you need and it'll might just get to, to the right show at the right time where the right promoters are watching you and you, then you'll get the, your lucky break maybe. Um, but yeah, just keep working, keep, keep disciplined and have some faith, just keep, just have the, keep the faith basically. What's, what's a, a training routine like for you, like an average training routine? Let's say, um, like how, how long do you normally like to train for, for like in camp? Uh, in an hour, in the morning I'll probably do an hour. Well, what about like in terms of like weeks leading up to the fight? Like what's optimal for you? Uh, I don't really do any more than six weeks really. Okay. And if anything more than that, I start to burn out. I'm always doing a little bit in between fights. Yeah. So six weeks is more than long enough for me to get prepared for. Um, so six weeks to peak yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'll start to pick it up in six weeks out and then I'll start to train twice a day. And um, yeah, I'll do SNC twice a week. Um, I'll run most days, but I don't run too far. Like a lot of fighters, like they're going out running seven, eight miles and stuff like that. I don't do that. Maybe five k fast pace, get my heart rate up. Yeah. Maybe do that three times a week, and the other two times I just do sprints on treadmill just to get my heart rate in the red zone. Right. Um, it's sport specific. You don't fight in short bursts like you do for a long, steady jog. You fight in bursts. Yeah. So I think stuff like sprint work and stuff like that, getting your heart rate right up and. That's more sport specific for Muay Thai, in my opinion. Uh, and you know, smashing these in, running on concrete for seven, eight miles every day. Mm. I don't, I, I've never got that, to be honest. Um, 
I know the Thais like swear by it, go out, go do your, go run around park five times every morning, run 10, 10K every morning. It's not really sport specific at all, to be fair. Um, the only time I run long distance is if my waist got a bit up. Right. I need to bring it down a little right. bit and I'll do a few, get a couple just of Just to burn some calories. Yeah, yeah, just a, well, that's about it really. Um, and then in the evening, it's, it's in, in England, I'm a, all dotted about a bit. My boxing trainer's in Liverpool, so I'll go to him twice a week. And so then, you have a, a boxing specific coach as well? Yeah. Yeah, cool. this I think this helps, especially when I'm fighting in the MMA gloves in one championship and stuff like that. It helps a lot. Yeah. Um, do you sorry just to touch on that? Do you think there is? Uh, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it before about the you know getting clipped with those gloves and things like that. Do you think that there is an even um, greater importance to have some boxing training if you're going into like an MMA glove fight? Yeah, I believe so because more than like a normal yeah, Muay Thai fight. Yeah, I believe so. You need to be able to beat a few comes down to you throwing punches in them shots. A lot of the work we do with my coach is to like beat the punch, right. or counter the counter, or throw as they throw, but make sure I'm totally covered up and stuff. And it makes a big difference in the memory angles because there's gaps everywhere. Right. You can't just put your hands up or you put your hands up or throw a long guard out or something like that, because even when the memory angles, the hook's gonna come over the top still. So there's little subtle differences that you can't do. So like a lot of the work I do with my boxing coach, is like, countering and beating the shot to it so me seeing a shot coming and bang and coming straight back right. which is pretty similar to what i did with my ko the other day as yeah. soon as he stepped i'd beat him to the, the shot yeah for one, sure one little gap one little split second gap were all i needed to to land the shot so yeah i think it is obviously when i come to your karma training it's a bit different they've got everything i need in one gym they've got the boxing coach there they've got um all the great pad men all the sparring it's all in the, the gym at the same time when i'm training muay thai in england yeah we've got all my stuff in the the gym at the same time there. My SNC, I have to go to another gym. My boxing, I go to another gym. So I'm dotted around a little bit, so it's a bit more difficult in England. But I don't mind driving around because it's, it's worth the trip to wherever I go because I've got a good team around me. Nice. So you kind of have like areas of like specialty depending on what you want to target each day. Yeah, yeah. So you do boxing twice a week, SNC twice a week, and then the rest of the time you'd just be in your, in your gym yeah, basically. Yeah, some, some days I might go boxing in the morning, then tie boxing at the night next day my BSNC in the morning time boxing at the night and I'll be right. right so how do you feel um, you know coming from the west how do you feel like the training has kind of diversified itself I mean just just that on its own you've got boxing you've got SNC you've got Muay Thai I mean do you think that there's um, you know more kind of like what's the word like an increase in like knowledge in terms of training and things like that 100 percent um and it's even happening out here now in thailand a lot of the ties are all doing snc now which about a few years ago was unheard of i've never heard of any ties doing any sort of snc until recently so even the ties are cottoning onto it now and doing everything they can just get them a little bit extra out of your body to make yourself a bit more stronger a bit more faster a bit sharper um it's one what do you think made SNC so popular? Do you think it was like UFC or? I'm not sure to be honest. Um, I've always done a little bit of it, but like now more people, now more of the coaches are getting more, a bit more smarter, and they all know how to be, get your best at your training to be fight specific and stuff like that. It's all, it's a lot better now than it, it ever has been to be fair. Yeah, I think a lot of it from from what I've seen, anyways, is that there's a lot of money coming in from you know, UFC, 1FC, things like that. So people have a little bit more income to play around yeah, with these exactly. things, right? Yeah, exactly. And so coaches can actually start to do sport-specific combat sports, strength and conditioning. Yeah. And I think that's that's quite a cool thing, you know, 100%. for us, like being in this yeah. industry. That, that, that's like we just said there, one of the things, a bit more money involved in it. Like when I were like 22, 23, the first starting out, I wouldn't be able to afford to go and get 
a PT twice a week mm. of a, a real good level SSC coach because it's mm. not cheap. Yeah. You get what you pay for. So if you want the best, you, you're going to be paying like a decent a decent price for it. When I was that age and I wasn't making too much on the fight money, it might be a bit difficult. Maybe once a week, yeah, but twice a week, be a bit more difficult. But obviously now, like with more money coming in the way, there's more money in the sport. You, I can I can do that. I can have that luxury. Mm. Wow, interesting, man. All right, the next thing that I wanted to ask you is um, when, when's your next fight? I want you to just tell us a little bit about that, what's coming up, what's next on the horizon for you? Next fight, 7th of March, Yokao, England, for Jeremy Piet. Um, tough French guy, he had a good fight with Singdam, he knocked Singdam down two times before Singdam eventually went to town on him and wow, need, really? need him to pieces and stopped him. Whoa. Uh, yeah, so he knocked Singdam down twice. He's called Mr. Knockout. With punches or? Punches, yeah. He's called Mr. Knockout. Um, He's dangerous. So this is the next fight coming up? Yeah, it? 7th of March. Wow, interesting. So what's, uh, okay, I don't want to go too much into it, but what's your kind of like mindset going into this fight here? Well, he's called Mr. Knockout and he's, <laughs> he's going to be coming into England. So as much oh, as, so it's in England, is it? He's, he's, as much okay. as my coach is not going to want to hear this, yeah. I'm just going to throw down. <laughs> Let's just see you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's just see what happens. There can only be one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's crazy. Yeah, right? but I'm renowned for having power. He's renowned for having power. Right. Let's see. Two power yeah, yeah, going together. Yeah. It's going fireworks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dude, that's dope, man. <laughs> Good. So you, how how long is it now that you've been fighting professionally for? I'm a first paid fighter when I was 14, so 20 Ooh. years. Wow. So 20 years you've been in the sport. It's so cool to see that you still got that spark, you know, yeah. like to just get in there and fight the best of the best, you know, like, what do you think it is that's given you this like longevity from a mental standpoint to just keep going? I don't know, like I said earlier, I'm obsessed with the sport. I am, I love it, I love fighting, I love training, I love everything about it, I love learning, I love teaching, I literally love every, every aspect of it, so. That really, I've never ever I'd have been at a point where I thought, you know what, I don't, don't know if I can do this anymore. I, I love it, even in like the most toughest and grueling fights, I'll still get out of the ring, bro. You know, that were amazing. It's just, uh, there's no there's no adrenaline rush like it at all. Wow, cool. So you're still chasing that rush yeah, 20 yeah. years on? Yeah, exactly. Man, there's, no, there's no drug in the world could, could ever compete with it. There's no feeling like it when the referees are around at the end, you know, or when you've been stood there with another tough fighter and you've got absolutely five rounds to war and everyone's on their feet clapping yeah there's no there's not like it mm, like standing ovation right yeah, at the yeah. end of a uh, five round war yeah man all right the last thing that i want to say is just like is there anyone in particular that that brings us to the end of our, our interview is there anyone in particular that you want to shout out to you know uh just everyone in my team a bad company and yokao gym and jitty gym over the years everyone who's helped me get to where i am today um, all my sponsors, everyone know, you know they are, thank you for that. And just everyone who's supported me and shown love through watching my fights and enjoying my fights over the years. Uh, hopefully I've got a few more good years in for me yet as well. And um, I'll put a tag for your Instagram, it's uh, at Liam Banco. Yeah, right? Liam Banco, yeah. Okay, Liam cool. Banco. So I'll put that up for you guys, so you can go and give this man a follow. Alright Liam, thank you so much my man. No problem, it's been a pleasure thank having you on the show. Man, bro. Thank you. Thank you so much dude. Cheers, hey guys, Steve here. If you like the content, please don't forget to press like and subscribe to stay up to date with the most recent episodes. I'll see you guys on the next one.